One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday the 9th of January. I'm Christian Smith. And I'm Laura Cook. A trip to the snow ends in tragedy in northern Pakistan. We have called the rangers and frontier constabulary on an emergency basis. Around a thousand cars are stranded on the road since last night. And an airstrike on a camp for displaced persons in Ethiopia leaves at least 56 civilians dead. It was a government airstrike which um, uh, local... Um, Aid workers in the, in the local area said um, hit a displacement camp. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We start in northern Pakistan, where a winter wonderland has turned to tragedy. As snow fell in the hilltop town of Muri, thousands rushed to the region to enjoy the pristine landscape. But for many, the winter adventure was to end in tragedy, as soldiers were called in to clear roads and free tourists trapped in snow. A hundred thousand vehicles had arrived in recent days, but a thousand were left trapped in the snow in their cars, with at least 21 now known to have died, freezing to death or inhaling fumes while stuck. That's Pakistan's Interior Minister, Sheikh Rashid Ahmed, who said that locals had provided blankets and food to those who could make it out of their cars, while the roads to Mori had been closed to prevent further incidents. The region has been declared a calamity-hit area, and Prime Minister Imran Khan has ordered an inquiry to prevent similar incidents in the future. To China now, where nearly 14 million people living in the northern city of Tianjin have been ordered to stay at home. The order comes alongside mass testing due to clusters of outbreaks of COVID-19. With more than 20 cases reported in the last few days, two of which being Omicron, Tianjin is now an area of concern. It's thought the cases have been imported from abroad, according to National Health Commission. Tianjin residents have been told that until they obtain a negative test result, they will not receive a green code on smartphone COVID tracing apps that nearly all people in China are now required to present when using public transport. China has a zero-tolerance policy on COVID-19, with two other cities with larger outbreaks currently under strict lockdown orders. The city is only 150 kilometres from Beijing, and with the capital hosting the Winter Olympics in under a month's time, the timing of these infections may cause increased concern from local authorities and those hoping to make the trip from around the world. On the way, the military in northwestern Nigeria retake control after bandits run wild, and out of the chaos of Kabul airport, a lost baby makes its way home. Times of London Daily World Briefing. 
Yesterday, we brought you the news that tentative steps towards peace were being taken in Ethiopia's civil war. But while major hostilities have largely ceased, violence has not. On Friday morning, the government freed several opposition leaders. Instead, it would begin dialogue. Yet aid workers have said that later that night, a government drone strike on a camp for displaced people killed 56 and injured 30, including children. Reports suggest that many old women and children are based at the camp in the north of the country. Fred Harter is the Times of London's Ethiopia correspondent, and he told Times Radio about the state of the Tigray region. The um, Tigray region has been mostly cut off from the rest of Ethiopia and the outside world since the conflict began um, more than a year ago in November 2020. Uh, phone lines down, there's no internet. Um, journalists were allowed in for a brief time um, in the spring, around March, April, May, but uh, access to the region has now been uh, suspended again after the rebels retook much of it in um, June. So it's very hard to talk to people there and also verify information that comes out of it. The Ethiopian government has previously denied that it has targeted civilians in the civil war, but multiple atrocities are believed to have been committed by both sides. To West Africa now, where attacks by armed bandits in Nigeria have killed at least 200 people in the northwestern state of Zamfara. Residents said on Saturday that around 300 bandits stormed eight villages on motorbikes, started shooting at innocent locals sporadically earlier in the week. The deadly ambush followed military strikes on their hideouts this week, killing more than 100 bandits, including two of their leaders. Residents have returned to their homes after the military took control of the area to organise mass burials. Northwestern Nigeria has seen a series of such bandit attacks recently as government forces apply increasing pressure to the outlaws following a sharp rise in violent crime. Reunited at last. A baby boy handed in desperation over the Kabul airport wall almost five months ago has been reunited with relatives. Sahal Ahmadi was just two months old when he went missing, amid the chaos at Kabul airport, as thousands rushed to leave Afghanistan as it fell to the Taliban. The boy's father feared that he would be crushed in the crowd, and so passed him to a soldier, hoping to reclaim him once he reached the entrance to the airport. Taliban forces pushed the crowd back, and by the time the rest of the family got inside, the baby was nowhere to be found. His family was evacuated to the United States, and had no idea of his whereabouts until a Reuters story about him was published in November. According to Reuters, it now turns out that a 29-year-old taxi driver had found him at the airport and took him home to raise as his own. After a month of negotiations and pleas, including with the Taliban police, he has now been handed back to his grandfather and other relatives still living in Kabul. It is hoped that he will now be reunited with his parents and siblings in the US. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. And now with the latest on the Novak Djokovic saga, here's Nick Ellaby. 
The Australian government has failed in a bid to delay Novak Djokovic's visa hearing until after the Australian Open draw is finalised. A judge has rejected his submission to push Monday's hearing to Wednesday, but there is still an option of making another application tomorrow to delay it. Tennis Australia says it needs to know by Tuesday if Novak Djokovic will be able to compete in the Open. He's in a detention hotel after having his visa refused over his vaccine exemption status. England's cricketers have held on to draw the fourth Ashes test in Sydney. It means Australia can't win the series 5-0, but the tourists are still winless down under. Meanwhile, England captain Joe Root has confirmed wicketkeeper Joss Butler won't play in the fifth test in Hobart. And the Kansas City Chiefs are guaranteed at least a top-two seeding in the NFL playoffs after a tense 28-24 win over the Denver Broncos. The Dallas Cowboys, meanwhile, dominated the Philadelphia Eagles 51-26 to end their season 12-5, currently holding the NFC's fourth seed for the playoffs. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. Sinead O'Connor's son Shane has died at the age of 17, two days after going missing. The Irish singer says Shane O'Connor was the very light of my life. Police confirmed the news of the teenager's death in the Bray area of Wicklow in Ireland on Saturday. The musician received messages of condolences on social media with Cato Reardon, formerly of the Pogues, tweeting, I'm so sorry, Sinead. And finally, Turkmenistan's president has ordered one of the country's top tourist attractions to be shut down. The gateway to hell is an enormous crater in the Karakum Desert, filled with an ever-burning fire thanks to a gas cavern found underneath. Its origins are disputed, with many believing it was formed thanks to a Soviet drilling operation gone wrong in 1971. But now the country's president has ordered experts to find a way to extinguish the fire, citing environmental and economic reasons. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Sunday the 9th of January. This podcast from the Times of London is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.